Okay, this is discussion four of our race dialogues. We are discussing the issue of what is our individual and corporate response to the biblical mandate of diversity. Uh, as of last time, we found out that there is a biblical basis for valuing diversity. To make a long story short, um, humanity is made in God's image, which means God's character is reflected through humanity, and that is a collective statement, uh, which means our character, which is reflected through our various cultures, are also reflective of God's character. So God's character is reflected in us individually, a group of individuals, their character is reflected in cultural values. Those cultural values are therefore reflective of God. So in valuing diversity, in essence, you are valuing the very character of God, which is inherently good, which means diversity is inherently good because you are showing a more complete picture of God, which is what humanity is supposed to be in the first place. So, the first thing we would like to do is discuss what are running definitions because when you have these discussions about diversity, race, etc., it can be very difficult to understand where people are coming from. So we will have official definitions um, that we're going to define here up front. The terms we thought we should define were race, ethnicity, diversity. Um, we were kind of considering culture, but not necessarily some, we have some disagreement. So we might just discuss culture. We may not explicitly define it. I think that's probably the, the most understood what is meant by culture. But we can always come back and define that officially if, if need be. So race, ethnicity, how are we going to define race? That came up discussion two. Um, big tangent we got on to the defining race. I personally would say race is well race is well bluntly put red, white, black, brown, yellow. And to some people, Jewish. Though I don't understand why, but to some people, they are a sixth race unofficially. Um, in my opinion, it always boils down to literally that simple. Um, you will not find that in a sociology textbook, but in practice, or at least in real life, how it plays out in terms of racial conflict or identity, it, it comes down to that. And often ethnicity are, is a further breakdown within race. So, for instance, you would say the white race, different ethnicities, Italian, German, French, etc. Black race, Ethiopian, Kenyan, or possibly even tribes, uh, tribal groups, if those exist in certain nations. Um, that, that, that's how I would define it. But mm. 
What do you want to think? I was just wondering where do like Mexicans, Latinos go into this picture? They will be brown. Really? Brown race. Mexican ethnicity. Some of them are pretty fair skinned and almost look like they're chicken tail white. To on the books, I mean when when you fill out those those surveys and stuff, they're just considered brown. Okay. You 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 check Latino. In the eyes of whoever's keeping statistics, you're brown. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily expecting you all to agree on me on this. I, I, I want to know what, what we need to come have a consensus on race. Yes, because okay. we don't want to have to redefine this every discussion. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. What do you all think? I mean, I guess that would be probably the best definition we can use, but I'd say it's pretty inconsistent with itself. Like, there's Filipinos that are brown, if you will, like me, but they're yellow in terms of being Asian. Right. Right. I mean, just societal terms, it's more skin color along with, like, kind of the thought processes and kind of the way society treats a person. So, I mean... Are we going to talk about it in terms of the way society sees race, or just in terms of biological differences? Well, we, we, we established that there is no biological basis well, I mean, for... It, well, you, you, can't, you can't find a scientific definition of race, because... Well, this came up in discussion, too, but in essence... Well, I mean, I know there's not a scientific difference, but there is, like... A physical difference. There are physical difference, but it you cannot uh, scientifically. There's not enough deviation. Like we look at people and, they say, and we say, "Oh, they look they look so much different," but there's not enough difference um, in their DNA and, and other cri- uh, criteria to say that they are racially different. Well. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I know obviously there are biological differences, but no one defines it as that. Yeah, understand. I, I understand perfectly what you're saying. Yeah. That came up a lot yeah. in discussion, our second discussion. But um, that's not going to work because we're looking for something that doesn't exist. If, if we try to go well, yeah. that route, yeah. so, so we, we do need. We, in essence, we need to define it socially. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have to define it socially. I think a big part of race and part of its inherent definition is the way you are treated because of the way you look. That's not an all-encompassing definition, but I think that's a big part of it. And how it's a social construct because you're treated differently by the way you look. Are we saying that ethnicity is also a social construct, or is, it a, is that a real thing? Uh, ethnicities are... They're not... So in essence, I, to the best of my knowledge, et- the notion of ethnicity is like you have a, a, a clan. Right? You start off with a family and you have a clan. And this this family, who have some common ancestry, they just keep identifying themselves as a people group. Eventually you're going to call them an ethnic group. So like, think of different tribes. That's a, that's a, that's a smaller scale um, 
oh, ethnic a, identity, but also you have ethnic identity like people say like Italian and German. Those are different ethnicities. You, know, you, you have Italian blood, German blood. Okay, that's fine. But when you say like your clan, then you're being—I feel like you're being in more specific. Like well, in India, we we discriminate based on language. Like I'm a Malayali. That's my clan, if you will. But that's not an ethnicity. I mean, like people wouldn't view that as an ethnicity. Uh, well, you, you have to tell me. I, I, I'm not familiar. Like in India, what? Is it is well, what is the notion of oh you're those people you're those people like what is you saying is based is it based solely on language or is it just so it happens that the different ethnic groups have different languages like that's just a part of that ethnic group. Well, I mean we're all brown, we're all from India, but you know we have like so many different languages there, and like certain regions speak certain languages, and so like. We can't, I mean, they, like, some people do, like, speak multiple languages, actually pretty much everybody in India does, but we sort of have a main language that we speak with their family, and so you would be referred to by that language that you speak, like, like, if you speak Gujarati, you'd be a good, a good, well, that's what the second generation says, like, the older generation has, we might say Malayali, the younger say Malus, you know, that's really more of a social thing, but... But we still do discriminate based on the, your native, your family's native tongue. So I, 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 you have to tell me: is it, is it more so that the ethnic, is it, is it that there are indeed different ethnic groups, um, different clans, quote unquote, if you will, and it just so happens that these different clans have different languages, or is it that hey, there's a diversity of languages, and we're gonna define ethnic groups based on whoever happens to know what language. Well, see, that's why I was asking you to be more clear on what it means to be ethnicity. I would say there's really no, like, like, I can't tell, like, physically, oh, that person looks like a Malayali. My parents do that all the time, but... They can tell? Or you They saying? think they can tell at the very least. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they can, actually. But, you know, like, there's really no, like, really noticeable differences. I guess I would say to make a to make a hopefully an easy example, we have Champagne and Urbana. Now let's say they're they're two. They start off with just a, two small families. They don't even know about the other one in Champagne, one in Urbana. But over time, this this family gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, just as generations go along, and they call one of them the Urbanites, the other is the Champanites. <laughs> okay. Now, it just so happens because they don't have any interaction, they just happen to have developed a different language over time. They didn't even know about each other's existence. Now, once they meet, they'll say, oh, those are, you're the, you know, the Sham- Shambanites will say, oh, you're an Urbanite. And one of the characters of an Urbanite is that those type of people that, from the, that clan, that ancestry, they speak that language because that was the language passed down. So, at least in my mind, when I think ethnicity, I'm thinking common ancestry, like a giant clan, if you will, and they identify by a particular ancestor or smaller group of people from whom they come from. I guess, or even biblically, uh, as a very easy example, in the way that uh, all Jewish people, they, they, their identity goes back to the 12 tribes of Israel. 
that's where it starts. And if you're a descendant of one of the twelve tribes of Israel, you are a Jew. So that's where that that clan started from. There, that is an ethnic group. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that gets really weird because, like, eventually along the line, everybody, you know, is related to each other if you go back far enough. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be like that's all true. Europeans are one ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, ethnicity. That's, that's true. More ethnicities amongst that one ethnicity. You know, this. That's, what, that's why it comes down to a social construct. At what point do you identify? Because you can say, okay, um, even if you, even if you uh, in my example, if you, were, if you are an Urbanite, well, if you look far enough down your history, you find that both the, the first family in Urbana and the first family in Champagne came from the same area. But if you don't identify from that ancestor that far back, you're not going to get yourself the same ethnic group. So it depends on how far back you identify with a particular ancestry group. It depends on the situation. Right. It's, so, it's socially defined. Yeah. So, so even ethnicity is socially defined. It's like if a group of people identify a, a particular uh, people group that they came from, you know, a particular clan they came from, then they'll consider themselves of the same ethnic group. Mm-hmm. I think the difference, though, we can look at between ethnicity and, and race is ethnicity is something you can kind of claim. Race is something you're more labeled. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who I'm listening to. Um, hmm. I mean, in one sense, it's true. I mean, Malayalis refer to themselves as Malayalis. So, I mean, I can't not be a Malayali, you know? Even if I learn another language, I'm already labeled that way. Yeah, I, it seems like ethnicities are always self claimed it's always self-claim. The whole notion of race was kind of imposed. Well, let's be honest. The the notion of race came from white people, and it was imposed. The notion of race, at least in the way I was defining it. Mm -hmm. Everybody throughout the world has, has everybody identifies themselves with some ethnic group. But the notion of race uh, a, a new social construct started by white people. Yeah. Which is based on physical you, you have something to say? No, I, was just, I don't know. It's just it's confusing when you say stuff like that. Because, I mean, everyone's, even before European powers became powerful, there's always going to be different races discriminating other races saying that we're superior to you, even though they're not going to say, they're not going to have scientific bases like the Europeans created in the 1700s and 1800s. They're going to create the, whatever the science was called, where they say, you're from this clan, so you're black, and therefore we're superior to you because of this. But everyone, no matter where you're at in the world, they're always going to, like like Chinese, they don't like Koreans, or, or Taiwan people don't like, or, yeah, Koreans don't like Japanese, and it's always going to be just different people like that discriminating one another based on their implied race and I would say that's, that's ethnic tension that that's that is ethnic tension has, has always been around and I agree with that racial tension is something different that means because it's very easy you know what ethnic group somebody belongs to there's, there's not so um, 
so far, like. But I thought, okay. Into self claim, though, I thought, right. was something imposed on you by someone else. Yeah, the notion of being labeled of someone of a particular race. Like, you talk, to, you, you, you go to, you know, go to, go to the, the Ethiopian and tell them, oh, you're Ethiopian. It's like, well, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's my people that I belong to. You go to them and say you're black, it's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That, 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 that labeling was, that's imposed. Because what is the notion of being black? What, what is, I mean, what is this notion of identifying people based on a color? A, a, a people group, a clan, yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, it seems to like it's one step up above right. labeling someone from an ethnic group. So it's like, I'm labeling him, oh, you're Irish. Then I go one step, oh, those people are white, as opposed to just being... And then it's just like, what's in between the race and the ethnicity if it's just one step above it, but they're doing the exact same thing. But see, you're, not, you're, not gonna, you're never going to label somebody Irish. They will tell you that. They will tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it. Th- I don't know what they would exactly call it, but they will tell you we are the people. We are of, of this clan. We are the descendants of so and so. That there's those that does exist everywhere. Okay, but the notion of me saying purely based on skin color that you were in this category, that is not something that that, that they're thinking of themselves like for like you have all the tribes in Africa right mm-hmm. and, and different just like everywhere okay each tribe is like this is me you are somebody different okay yeah, I think they, okay but yeah you know I'm sorry um, so then if you say if I'm tribe A you know tribe B which is also in Africa well you're not my tribe so there could be this mm-hmm. notion that I'm superior okay tribe A meets a European tribe same notion you're not my tribe, I'm better than you. It can be an Asian tribe, you know, um, the Native American tribe. It doesn't matter. It, it's, a, it's, it's tribe to tribe. Okay? There isn't this notion that tribe A is an African tribe, tribe B is an African tribe. We have some kind of unity just because of our skin color. That, that does not exist mm-hmm. naturally. It brought about with the church in Europe. That's what I can kind of see it as. Kind of how Europe was unified by the church, and then so all the Europeans, white, and all of a sudden Muslims down here, they look different as well as have a different religion. And suddenly, unifying factor of Christianity, and we're all white, then Muslims as well as all Arabs. So that's kind of how I could see this. Maybe. I never, I never really considered it. I don't think that would be That could be a contributing factor. Um, kind of, I could, I don't know. From what I've studied, it seems like the church was trying to just unify European power so they wouldn't fight one another anymore. So they kind of put their tensions outwards as opposed to problems and all that amongst themselves. That's interesting. I never really, um, I never really heard Because it's like they're always trying, like, oh, French, Germans, English, French, whatever. Until they kind of bedded together, walk to the other side. So, are there any 
the definitions are we gonna are we gonna stick with? We could write novels on this shit. Yeah. Um, sure. Well, yeah, there aren't books written on it, but we have to come up with it. Right. And quickly. Well, do you do see at least a difference between race and ethnicity according to how I'm defining Yeah. And I understand it as like a white person might look at a Japanese person and a Korean person and not be able to tell the difference and you know, they're both Asian to them, you know, that but a Korean and a Japanese might be able to distinguish each other. And but, you know, like it's like they define themselves in you know, their own group, being different from the other group. Sort of. I mean I mean, like, this is, like, completely, like, artificial, and that's why I think it's really hard to get a grasp sometimes on what you're saying. But, I mean, like, you can't really, like, draw a line and say, like, this amount of, like, mellow in your skin makes you this race instead of that race. Because, I mean, I know plenty, I know there are Indians that are even blacker than a lot of Africans, you know. But, you know, we're still referred to as the brown race, I guess. But, I mean, like, but I think that sort of comes from the outside world looks at us and says we're brown. But, I mean, when you're on the inside, you don't say that to yourself. Instead, you say, you know, you're part of this clan, I guess. That's my point exactly. Are you, oh, wait, were you saying that that's the way it is? I mean that—that's what I figured. What you meant? Oh, you know. okay, okay. That yeah. That, I'm that pretty sure that is the way it is as well. Uh. I think it's interesting that we're kind of starting to come up with straight definitions, um, especially when the stuff we've learned in school has not helped us figure this out yet. Yet we've learned about racial issues and ethnic issues but no one's ever really defined it and even on like standardized tests you have to bubble in mm-hmm. whatever you define yourself as and it's always race slash ethnicity it's never like those two are separate so it kind of forces you into a box right there and I wonder if our society does that to us pushes the ideas all together so it's hard for us to kind of come up with a really clear definition of race and ethnicity mm-hmm. and there's always going to be arguments on both ends too mm-hmm. like, Race isn't real, so we can't have race, but then that's not really an ethnicity, so. Yeah. I I guess you get into an even bigger mess when you have people who are two different races. Like, I don't know, like, by your definition, like, Mexicans are brown, right? What would Joey be? Joey who? Joey Crawford. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he he, he looks like a white person to me. I don't know, like I don't see any Mexican in him, but I I am not really good at telling. That's true. Well, that is another discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed people. Look for Barack Obama for that one. <laughs>
Well, do, we, do you want to put that so we can move on? But what exactly? <laughs> what I said. <laughs> well, I guess it's not the best definition for race to name five colors. <laughs> um, I feel like we have to include in our definition of race about it being a social construct or a social idea. So in future discussions, people kind of start getting to mindset that's what it is. Because that's a very important element of our discussions already. So it is a social construct, construct based on the color of one's skin. A social construct in which people are identified. I think also the idea of people are identified by it, but also given certain privileges or not given certain privileges. Because part of the social construct that was set up was to help some people and you know, inversely, obviously, put some other people down. So I don't know if we can combine that in our definition, but I think it's an important part of the definition. Because the social yeah, construct is there, it has to be there for a reason. An example of what? What you just said, putting people down, putting people up. Like? White privilege. Well, that has more to do with majority, doesn't it? I mean, no. anywhere. It's like I go to Africa, I'm going to be treated like... Uh, like for the most part, yes. There are some exceptions to that rule. It, well, yeah, but I think on the whole, yeah, lighter skin, better treatment. I mean, yeah, that's generally true. But there have been cultures throughout history that kind of are exception. Notable one would be the Egyptians. I don't know. Modern day Egyptians have that rule. Wait, wait, Egypt, like ancient Egypt? Yeah. Well, well, I'm saying race. The notion of race was created by. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like even modern day, there might be some cultures here and there that might not follow that rule. But yeah, generally speaking, it's probably right. I think a lot of it is just it's flipped the rule since it's been created, and so I think even if it's if the privilege is given, like, okay, example, I'm going to keep going back to Zimbabwe just because I know a lot about it, but there, if you're white, you're screwed, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're white, you have stuff taken away from you because you are white, and that is the reason why. And a lot of it is to, like, try and purge out colonialism, all that stuff, but that that came from the social construct, so in which some people are benefiting and some people are not because of their skin color. It's not always one way or the other, but I think there's always that issue in the definition of race, that there's somebody benefiting because of their skin color. I'm trying to help work that. So, social construct in which value is placed on individuals on the, on the basis of the color of their skin. Is there any other important components we think we're missing? We talked about a lot of good things. I don't want to leave any like central idea out. I was just wondering, how did Asians get the color yellow? Because, I don't know. They, they still have white skin in my opinion. It wasn't taken like yet, maybe, I don't know. 
they are more it's like the farmers in like central China western China yeah western China they have a lot more kind of tannish they have a lot of skin and you get to the coast so pretty much white More than I know, so. <laughs> so, do you have a definition for your race? Yeah, don't me read it. Sure. So I'll concur. Great. The social construct in which value is given individuals based on the color of one's skin. Their skin would be correct. Did you write down the skin color? Yeah, it's higher up. Um, I just didn't put it all into the definition. So then ethnicity is within a race, right? You can't be more than one race of ethnicity or the other way around. You can be, you can be biracial. Oh. You can be multiracial. Okay, but can you be multi-ethnic? Like, as a, like yeah. one person? Mm-hmm. Two ethnicities, yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you just belong to two different clans. Okay, but can you... Alright, let's see. Can you be... Two races, what one ethnicity that can't happen, right? Or two ethnicities, no, one race. Every ethnicity fits within one race. Alright. Um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So ethnic groups sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think race. It seems like it's just something. I think I think a lot of people have pride in their ethnicity in a good way. Like they're proud of their cultural background and where they came from. I think race is just something that humans use to kind of exploit the idea of ethnicity. Just like a lot of the times churches can use Christianity to exploit how they want, you know, what they want or whatever. So I feel like it's just like ethnicity is almost, well, it is a God-given thing. And race might be how people have screwed up a God-given thing. Personally, that's how I felt about it. So, ethnicity. What's our definition we need for that? How about a group of people who I, a group of people who identify themselves to a particular cultural group, so not culture, which we still have yet to discuss. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think common ancestry is cool. Or similar traits. Because, I mean, I think ethnicity could be like, am I, would my hometown be an ethnicity? Like, first it goes hometown, and then I first view myself as a person from Albany, and then I view myself as a person of Illinois, and then I view myself as a person of America, and then it just goes up from there, or down from there, or however I want to. I mean, would that be considered ethnicity, or is that something completely 
Because I mean, you can like varying degrees. Like, first I'm a farmer, in, a Germantown farmer, and then go from there. Like, I view myself on this side of Albany, but as a whole, I'm part of Albany. I, yeah, well, maybe that's not unique to America, but that comes up a lot, particularly in America, particularly because there's a lot of well, mixing ethnically um, in our history. So it's not like what I would call ethnic identity isn't um, as as strong in America. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I was just thinking that it's more like common common ancestry, like a, a notion that you you identify yourself with another group of people because you, you come from the same people group, but not all the way back, but to to a certain point, and, and necessarily so there there has been a common culture amongst you. But the culture is the same because the ancestry is the same. So, and, and they they stay together. That's why I, I kind of think of them as clans, if you will. Um, Quick question. Sorry. You can say it what you want. No. Um, are people born into their race and ethnicity? Like, this is stuff you can't choose. Are we kind of basing our definitions off that assumption? I would say yes. Okay. So what would I be talking about then? Like, is that something is that not well, you, that's that's more like? I think that the weirder issue is like, are you born into your culture? Because it's okay. sort of a yes or no, yes and no. Because yeah. you know, I don't follow the same culture as my parents. That's true. But you are the same ethnic. But yeah, but right. if I lived in India, I would have. Right. You know, I would have no choice. Okay. That was kind of my assumption, but I'm like, mm, you should back up and double check. I think within ethnicity, you can choose to what extent you practice the culture that stems from that common ancestor, um, from cultures, you know, your descendants have been into. But I think, yeah, you can just choose how much you partake in that. But I don't think you can choose whether or not you're part of that group. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think your parents decide what your race and ethnicity is, and then your environment decides your culture, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but like me, I kind of... I mean, I always think that, even way back in high school, like, there's different high school cliques, you know, <laughs> like the preps, goths, stoners, and all that. And they all hate <laughs> each other. You should watch High School Musical to yeah. check that out. <laughs> oh, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like they, they all don't like each other and they don't get along until it's like another football game and then everyone's banded together against another football team. Hmm. But then they're all Southern Illinois. So all Southern Illinois doesn't like Chicago. So they're all banded together again against Chicago. But then we're all banded together as Illinois against like, Indiana. Like U of I versus Indiana. Oh, okay. okay. And then like, but they're both banded together as America against, say, like... Olympics. Whatever, yeah. Something else. And it just goes from there. So it's like, is that culture then? Oh. Yeah. Well, there are layers of culture. Yeah. I mean, certainly. Because there, there are just the fact that you, if you grow up in America, there is 
American culture that you, you know, it doesn't matter African American, European American, Asian American. It's just the fact that you grew up in America. There is isn't an American mindset that will be commonly shared, even though there is a lot of cultural diversity within America. But yeah, you're right. There is there there are, there are layers of culture. Yeah, okay, so that, yeah, that would be culture, in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that would probably be better. Like, better. like the very small up to the humanities. Yeah, because there is a culture of a town. You're from a small town, right? Mm-hmm. There's a culture of that small town that mm-hmm. doesn't exist in say Chicago. <laughs> Chicago has a culture that's different from you know New York, yeah. Philly, you know. So, so we said we're in culture coming up with a definition. What did we say? Mm-hmm. Right now we have a group of people who identify themselves as a common ancestor. I wonder if we can, we can come to we can come to a more. I'm trying to think. When it says with a common ancestor. I know what you're saying, but I have a hard time like thinking about where that would go back to, you know, He's like how far. Defined. Yeah, like so. So yeah, this this is again a social construct. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, hopefully, this is a safe example. Um, both, correct me if I'm wrong. Both uh, Jewish people and Arabs have the common ancestor. Of Abraham, right? Ishmael and Isaac. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Okay, so they do have a common ancestor, but they don't consider themselves as one people because they don't take, though they do recognize Abraham, they don't recognize all descendants of Abraham as their people. Sure. So the Jews take it back to, um, in essence, well, in essence, Isaac. Yeah. And um, the Arabs take it up to Ishmael. So it is, um, there is the notion of common ancestry, but it is arbitrarily defined by whoever the people they are. The difference is they, de- they define it, not other people telling them. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So that's, sorry. we might put that in here. So that is the common ancestor as defined by the group? Yeah. yeah. So it's arbitrarily defined in our eyes, but it's a choice thing, and that's why. Nice. How far back can that go, or is it just like specific? Well, I don't think the group always like necessarily decides. Hey, this is a person. Was like it's just kind of understood. Over yeah. Time. <laughs> it, I mean, it is arbitrary, but like, I mean, you're not going to find. Well, I still there are some people, but nobody goes back to like the first human being and says, "I consider myself to be in the same clan as everyone." Mm-hmm. Like, well, one is one big ethnicity. Um, because it's like, again, it goes back to like you can. How far back do you pull it? Like German American is that like an ethnicity? Or how would that and work? nationality combined. Well, it, well you're saying when you say something American, that means you are a person of somewhere else now in America. Because right. nobody is really American except the Native Americans can are the only ones who can claim that they are. Well, if you're born in this country, technically, ethnically uh, speaking, okay. the only people who can claim that are Native Americans. See, but then I was going to say is like, can you go back to like, would I be like a Roman ethnicity? Like, would white people like most white races like? Be considered Roman or Greek ethnicity, and that would be considered any of the Europeans the same as them. Because when it's like, again, it's just one of those weird. Wait, what are you saying? 
how far back to like this go? Is like German American that? It's up to the people. Okay. This is like a, uh, it's it, not something I like talk about with my family. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's that's um, something. For the day, I don't really think I have an ethnicity because I don't really. Everybody has an. Well, I mean, I know I have one, but it's not like it's not something well, I really. I well, that's probably not unique to America. There's a an interesting aspect of the American experience for everyone, really. Yeah. <laughs> Just to well, I I'm exactly with you. Like I know there's a little bit of German in me, but. Yeah. I have no idea. So. So I mean, I could say like even African Americans, unless you are, unless you were born in Africa, there is no notion of ethnicity in in the, in the African American community, because when we uh, came over through over on the slave ships, there was an intentional effort to mix up different tribal groups, right, and destroy language, uh-huh. native tongue, and destroy ethnic identity, a sense of oneness on some level. Mm-hmm. So therefore we don't black African Americans don't ever hardly ever ask, you know, what ethnicity are you? Because we don't know um, in our particular case we only have um, racial identity, but we don't have ethnic identity because it's impossible. So we cultural identity as well or is that well something different. Okay. Uh, okay, yes, that would be true. That would be, be cultural identity. Because when Africans come over to the U.S., they, they don't, they're, 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 they are not of our culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't reject it or anything, I'm saying, but I'm saying they are not of our culture. Maybe instead of saying common ancestor, because you were bringing up um, thinking about well, who is that person? Maybe like a lot, a lot of it is place more than anything. Like, oh, I'm German American. It's not like I have my roots to whoever in Germany. It's I have roots from Germany, so it's more of a place than it is a person. Ancestry. So ancestry, maybe. Oh. I guess I thought the place was implicit because if you have a common ancestor, usually people don't travel very far. They stay in the same area. But um, I guess they happen to be synonymous. It doesn't matter either way, common place or ancestry. So right now I have, we can tweet this for sure, um, a group of people who identify themselves with a common ancestry is defined by the group or within the common ancestry. Wait, say that again? Because that sounds redundant. Yes, it does. A group of people who identify themselves within a common ancestry is defined by the group. You don't, you don't need as defined by a group because you're starting with a group of people who. Well, I think we added that in to decide like where within the ancestry they go back up to, sort of. Yeah, we added in when we were trying to find where does this common ancestry start, and that's something that's chosen by the group. Yeah. So. So do we like it if we delete out the redundant ending? <laughs> <laughs>
I would like the ending to be taken out. Or perhaps be more specific and put in parentheses. Not self imposed. Or not asterisks. Asterisks would be cool. Just put a bunch of emoticons. There's a few as we go, don't worry. Um, trying to find it too explicitly that might be a mistake on our part because a lot of this this choice of the of the people involved you know you mean just the people who happen to be here oh no like anyone like you know just because there's so much choice you can't be like we can't define how far back that you know that common answer should go we can't define right. you know that kind we're, of thing we're intentionally leaving it right um, arbitrary so are arbitrary slash ambiguous but hopefully correct <laughs> definitely as a group of people who identify themselves with a common ancestry that's it a group of people who identify themselves based on common ancestry if I'm not mistaken Chinese people consider Taiwanese people Chinese right but Taiwanese people would consider that an insult that they were called Chinese yeah. is that political though or is that it's a lot yeah. political like it, it, is that due to political reasons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that I think that was more political reasons. Well, politics plays into so yeah, that's a good definitely. But I mean, even before that, that that whole um, conflict, I don't think they consider themselves a different people. I think they, they yeah, just, we're just a, we're just this area of China. So they can like technically based on your definition they can create their own ethnic group like they like to do though. It's like they base their ethnicity on what they're not. So on what they are not. Yeah. It's like they see China, we're not China anymore, so we're this, we're not that. Hmm. So. But I mean why couldn't you like create your own ethnic group based on the definition? Yeah, you can. Yeah. It it is completely arbitrary. I mean, like, obviously you can't make a new race because there's only so many... Well, you don't define race. Well, I mean, based on the definition that we've made in... Based on our definitions, you can't make a new race, but you could make a new ethnicity. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Based on the definitions we're using. Yes. Yes. I think, too, that ethnicity is not something that lends itself to any sort of privilege. That's when it turns into, like, now it's just a societal sort of construct of race, you know? So um, I think that's part of why we could, like, create new ethnicity, because it's not like um, we're choosing to be in a different privileged group. A lot of it opt to be out of another group, so... Are we feeling about our definitions? Repeat the ethnicity one. Hold on. One more time. All right. A group of people who identify themselves based on common ancestry. Yeah. I'm good. 
I really like how it's different from our race definition pretty significantly. Tight. Um, the next word up here, this many outline is diversity. If we want to define what that means, or do we want to stick with what we're talking about with race and ethnicity? Well, I think we're fine with race initially. Or at least as fine as I think we're going to get. <laughs> well, also, it's, it's subject to tweaking when maybe we're talking about diversity and dimension, maybe if we discuss cultural stuff. Yeah. Um, diversity. <laughs> I thought about this. I could say a lot of really things. Um, I'm not <laughs> diversity. We're talking about ethnically and racially right now, like with languages or anything else. Um, actually, we're starting off ambiguous, so yeah. <laughs> okay. we actually so don't. We know have no parameters. <laughs> um, so when people say the word diversity, I guess we're, we're trying to capture what's usually meant by that. Yep. My opinion is that when someone says diversity, what is implicit within that is unity. You have unity within a group of people from differing cultural backgrounds. I think... What? I, can, I just typed it so I can say what you said again. The unity among people of different cultural backgrounds. Isn't that what race is? No. What oh, because you're thinking about unity among people of different ethnic backgrounds. Would you say different cultural, cultural backgrounds? Kind of related. Kind of, but I think um, the idea of race is people thrown together because someone else wants them to be thrown together so they can be of a higher power. While this is, when I think of like a diverse group of people, I think of a group of people that are like us, for example, that aren't like, I'm not going to try and like throw you all into the same group so I can be powerful. You're not with a laptop. No, I'm just kidding. But like, um, it's more like people coming together from these different groups. What are these? What are these different exactly. groups? Exactly. I think a lot of times, no, that's a really good question though. I think a lot of times, in the U.S. at least, and even within our fellowship, when we talk about diversity, we talk about racial... It, it's, it's almost... I'm not saying this is correct. I'm saying this is what it is, but a lot of times it's inherent to discuss this in just terms of race. Even in my education class, we were talking about why we should value diversity as educators. That was fun. Anyway, and um, most people were like, oh, you know, brought race and stuff. And eventually they started talking about learning styles and how, you know, all these different ways... People can be different, but um, race is one of the first things to come up. And I think in many discussions, that's what it is. In diversity workshops, a lot of it is, let's talk about racial differences. I think because it's, like, easier to see, like, mm-hmm. from far away, okay, this person looks like this, this person looks like that, rather than saying, oh, this person has this culture, right. that person has this culture. Like when you get a postcard in the mail from any college trying to stay with a diverse campus is going to have pictures of people who look yeah. different but they could all like the same music and have the same you know what I mean yeah. so you're right it's easiest to see if you base it off the social construct of it
The reason why I think culture is implicit within race and ethnicity is because with every ethnicity, there are just a different culture within every ethnicity. Within those groups, they have their own traditions, particular values. That is culture. Even within various races, though they are, they were arbitrarily defined and slapped on the people. There are general shared cultural traditions to some degree and values amongst different racial groups. Mm-hmm. So, so European values versus what's the European side? Like, is European an ethnicity or is it a culture? Um. Okay. Uh, how we talking about white people? Well, when I say European, that, that means, well, I guess I'm talking about white people. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking because it's like, <laughs> it's like any race is a social construct where it's like Europeans, then you got Africans, and you got like Central Asia, and South Asia, Southeast Asia, and Eastern Asia. It's kind of like these are different cultures and different ethnicities and different physical oh. attributes. So it's kind of so. like. I'm sorry. No, no, that's a very good point. It would be better for me to say that within white people there is a culture that that spans the the various ethnicities within the white race. There are shared values and traditions. There is a culture of white people, a culture of Asians and Africans, Mm -hmm. culture of Latin American, Latin Americans. Um, One can argue, too, just in that diversity, which I think goes beyond race or cultural background, that there's a culture among women. And there's a culture among men. You know, it's like the shared sort of ideas. Well, isn't that the same culture? very important. Kind of? What did you say? Isn't that kind of like the same culture, though, essentially? No, it's not. <laughs> no, I mean, like, they're, I mean, they belong to the same culture, but it's a you can, different culture. It's, like, really hard to distinguish, that's what I'm saying, sometimes. So even within cult- a given culture, there is still, within that culture, a culture of men within that mm-hmm. culture, and there's a culture of women within that same culture. Because... Well, yeah. And I think sometimes those things can cross racial lines. There's a lot of things I have, will have, like, there's more things I'll have in common with, like, a black woman than, like, you, like, Jerome would have, you know, as a black woman just because I'm a woman. So there's different, you know, there's all different cultural groups you're part of, uh, and those can all impact the diversity of the feminine. But I'm just trying to make sure that we think about other... I'm glad you brought that up. There is a cult. There is a culture of men and a culture of women. Now, within different cultures, um, the culture of women might change Mm-hmm. But there's always overlap. Go ahead. Is there anything else like culture of kids, culture of adults, culture? Yeah. Culture of generations. Are, are we like separating? There are things? many levels of, of, of many levels of culture. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought you meant more like okay, it might include the music you listen to, the literature of. A certain people like that kind of sense that culture goes in any direction but there are many levels I didn't, I didn't think you meant like within he, the group 
you can separate people into more groups. You can always separate people into groups. You know, I'm in a group of, okay, that's random, that's, that's my stuff, but I'm in a group of the randas, and I'm in a group of, like, you know, just keep going from there. I'm in a group of women, I'm in a group of white people, I'm in a group of natural blondes, you know? And some of those things feel like I'm in all these groups. And they're, they're very real. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there is a culture of men, there is a culture of women. Yeah. Anyway, so that's our definition of a yeah. Is that acceptable to you all? Should we add or take it in a different direction? John what was it unity with the world? Well, I think eventually we have to elaborate more on that. Well, if we were to truly elaborate on that. We could be. Does anyone have anything to do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if we were to truly tear that apart, that that requires that is uh, is probably bigger than what I can even imagine right now. The the very notion of unity amongst different people and what that actually is, does look like, or the, the the real question is what that should look like, is the question that we would have to have multiple discussions on it. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it ambiguous to an to extent. Because if we give a solid definition, that's what, that requires so much more. I also don't know if there is a solid definition. And that's part of what makes it hard. Because there's so much to it. And since it, we're not writing an essay on it, we're giving it a sentence, maybe two, we'll try and keep to one, just sort of, you know, idea of what is this and we're discussing these things. When we say race, ethnicity, diversity, possibly culture, we know what assumptions we have behind it. And right now, the assumptions we have behind the definition of diversity is unity among people of different cultural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Culture can be anything, so... <laughs> unity among people, period. <laughs> well, I, 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 that, 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 that's true. It could be any aspect of culture, and I... And I that's why, though it is very open, I think it needs to be that way. I think we can use it, though. Yes. Because the conversations we have just spawned off trying to find it have been really intriguing, and in the future, will be useful. Why have you made that definition that way? What do you mean? Because I don't understand how... That definition is constructive, if you will. Constructive. Because the more you dwell upon that definition and what that can look like, more importantly, what that should look like, it, uh, I think it'll completely change the way you think about humanity. Again, that's a big risk. But um, th- th- there is. Uh, I feel like that definition more on it. Exactly. That's why I define it that way. <laughs> okay. I think too though if we could get into a trap where we're trying to make it too well defined, where it's gonna be more complex than it needs to be. Um, sometimes the the simplicity of it is what we need to continue talking about it. You know? It's so it's it's like our our basis point, you know, it's not like we can know everything like you know, if you're gonna start an experiment in science, you don't have to know all the details of it. Right at the beginning, you know, you just need the intro. It's kind of 
How, how do we feel about the term unity? Do you think that unity is part of the definition of diversity? Unity as in they get along together, or oh. what? Is there some other unity that? Fine. <laughs> uh, personally, and I, I, I thought a lot about that particular issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, I am, t- am intentionally leaving it, forcing you to ask questions. <laughs> I I'm intentionally see. defining it that way to make you ask the question. But that's me. Come down kind of going somewhere. I don't know, when you say unity and diversity, that seems kind of paradoxical that you're saying unity exists within diversity. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you think it does exist within it? I think it should for diversity. I mean, we're saying diversity is a good thing, right? If it's a good thing, there should be unity. If there isn't, there's something wrong. But is it the only reason they're unified? It's the same culture at a different level? It's like they're both Christians culture, like everyone's Christians culturally, so that's what they have unifying, but then there's everything else, other, all the other cultural things are different, so it's kind of... This is the biggest thing. Anybody can do that. There, there is no... I, I would argue, though, that there is no such thing as Christian culture. Uh, the culture can be anything, though. But I'm saying there is no such thing as Christian culture. What? <laughs> there is Christian living that is not Christian culture. What's the difference? That means simply as a Christian, there is a culture. Um, I, I don't think you... It would be inappropriate to, to label it as culture. Well, I think we should sort of separate is, like, what we're doing, like, is that what God wants? Is that, like, God's culture for us? Or from, like, what we do, like, celebrate the way we celebrate Christmas, that's seen as Christian culture, but it might not necessarily be the way God wants it to be, you know? I think maybe that's right. But, but, but okay, but even think about that. The notion of celebrating Christmas, I think, has nothing to do, that's not so much culture, that's celebrating something good. Who doesn't do that? If everybody's experienced the same good thing, who doesn't do that? You know, but how you celebrate Christmas differs. There's not one way to celebrate Christmas. But there's a common way. Well, I mean, okay, there may be common way. I'm just saying there is no one Christian, right, correct, morally correct way to celebrate Christmas. There can be many different ways of celebrating the birth. Oh. Yeah, okay, but ignoring that, we still do have traditions that we have, and I would say that's culture, you know? Go ahead. I was just saying, what is Christianity then if it's not a culture and it's not really an ethnicity? Because that's, that's well, the one thing that... It's an ethnicity? Well, I mean, that's the unifying factor. <laughs> like, that's what the unifying factor is, it's Christianity. Like, in a church setting, I should say. If you have a diverse church, okay. it's unified through Christianity, so that means they actually aren't that diverse because they share that one common concept of Christianity. So what is Christianity in social terms? Okay. Huge fundamental question. My response is Christianity is a relationship. 
that and it's for that reason that it doesn't make sense to make the, the notion of there being a culture Christian doesn't make sense. Even you're thinking of Christianity in terms of religion, which is how socially that's the only way, <laughs> that's the only accepted way of looking at Christianity is as a religion. Therefore, it makes you beg these questions. It makes you beg these questions. What I'm saying that Christianity in reality is not religion; it is relationship. Therefore, the notion, these notions that there is a culture of it, doesn't make sense. Because you're just you're, you're you're trying to force Christianity into this box it doesn't fit into. Well, even so, uh, even if like okay, it's a relationship, but we still do stuff in terms of like building that relationship that may end up being a culture, you know. Because I mean, I see it the same way. Where like I always view race and or different things like that as in terms of ROTC guy goes into a cafeteria, he sees a table with two other ROTC guys and no one else is in uniform, but those two guys are, he doesn't know anybody in the cafeteria, he's going to go sit by the Rafi guys, because he sees something in common. In the dorm, you know, I you guys have those dopey little, I'm a Christian, you want to have Christian friends living in Smiley, however, that's going to draw other Christians to you, because they say, oh, I have something in common with that person, don't know who they are, but because of that one thing on their door, as opposed to anyone else, they're going to go to that door. So I see it, Kind of the same way. Okay. Got it. Discussion three. We were trying, we, we kind of, we hit the, the tip of the iceberg. God, and in, in having a relationship with God, God's very character, there is diversity and unity. Mm-hmm. That's why when humanity was made this image, Diversity was necessary, and also unity was necessary. So, Chris, you're actually right. The very notion of diversity and unity is, um, I would say, paradoxical. Certainly, at the at a first glance, the the, the very notion of God's character is actually difficult to understand. But it's a beautiful thing. So the very notion of humanity, who is made in God's image, having diversity and still unity, is difficult to understand. The way people have a relationship with God will inherently be different because God and his own character and how you're connecting with God and the diversity of his character will be different. That there isn't a sense that it is the same. There's a sense of oneness. There's not the sense of things being the same. There's diversity and unity within this character. And when we have relationship with God, we are entering a relationship that requires an understanding of the diversity of God and yet the oneness of God. And that is a difficult concept, yes. But that is God's character. Isn't things like America though? Like America is very diverse, but it's unified, and it's Americana. By what? By what? Because because everybody is American. But in that same sense, it's like we're all unified. We're all very different. Like I'm different from everyone in here, but we're all unified by our nationality, and we're all Americans. 
But in the world's eyes, we're all the same in the world's eyes. But that's but that's purely that means everybody went through the same process of. I mean, literally, that means everybody went through the same process of filling out some papers at some point in time. Well, well so what I'm saying is that okay, like you're, 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 you're saying there's unity by way of, you know, the this by everybody doing the same thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like okay, the nation of Israel are they unified? I, mean, I see the nation, but then the tribes are they? They're not the same at all. All the different tribes have their own little part. They're different. Well, what do you mean by the nation of Israel? Or is okay, just Israel. Think of Old Testament nation of Israel okay. not before they're scattered. Okay. Are they all the same? They're unified, aren't they? As a nation of Israel. What do you mean? Like there's no conflict? What do you mean? Like on what level? Do you mean like there's no conflict between the people? Like, well, there's peace. What do you mean by unified? Do they, would you not consider the nation of Israel unified? Just in your terms, unified? Yeah, well, in my terms, I, I, that's... No, not in, in the terms I'm saying. Um, well, I mean, I'm just trying to see if, like, you're trying to get a like, Christian community as being unified with our diversity. I'm just trying to see, like, where your, like, similarities, like, saying, I would consider the nation of Israel diverse, but they're unified because they're all Israelites. It's like they're Israelites, but then they're, they're separate tribes. But those, those 12 tribes, you know, they're very diverse and different from one another. They're unified as the nation of Israel. Okay. Go ahead. I think what, what we're struggling with here is maybe a bigger definition within our definition and just what the word unity even means. And I know that there was, there's a point to doing that, but because um, what does unity look like and you know, that kind of thing. That, that's a whole other definition. So I think we're almost focusing more on that than what diversity is. And we might have to do that first. But I'm just saying, I'm just noticing that we're talking about unity a lot. So maybe we should try and define that first. Can we use it in a bigger definition? Or what way are we using unity? Mm-hmm. We don't need to define it. But yeah. how are we, what are we relating it to? Because I thought you were relating it to culture, being unified mm-hmm. in culture. And in that sense, like, all of America, like all the many different cultures that we have, are all unified by the idea of individualism. In that sense, because that's that's why we have so many different cultures. Because we're all doing our own thing, and we branch out into our own culture. Well, there are people in America who are a collectivist culture which is inherently not individualism. Well, I, well it, 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 come, yeah, it comes from individualism. Right? You do your own thing, then you decide to do what other people are doing. That, that's, that's, what kind that's, of that's an inherently individualistic mindset. There are people who are not of that mindset who live in the U.S. Yeah, but like you said, it can... Wait, not live in the U.S.? Or? There are people of a collectivist mindset who do live in the U.S., not you can't say literally everybody has an individualistic mindset. Most yes, but that is not. I'm about in general, though. Okay, but I, I would say if you look at how the body of Christ is, is described, that is the church. There are two elements: unity and diversity. Different members of the body. Inherent, obvious differences. 
but yet oneness. There is no notion that they are inherently the same. They are always inherently different, but they are always inherently one. And you can't say, oh, well, they're all part of one body, so therefore that they all have something in common with one body. But what is the body? Different members. A body, you know, by definition, by definition is the notion of diversity and unity. And you can't say, oh, well, they're all, you know. You have to understand both concepts at the same time. Okay, we have a problem of separating sacred from secular. Because I thought we were talking about America. Because... I'm not looking at America as... Oh, oh, oh okay. I, I, I was just trying to further explain where I'm coming from when I say unity and diversity. It is a notion in which people are not inherently the same, but are necessarily inherently different, and yet still one. Yeah, I mean, I still, even with the body of Christ image, I can still do that from an American mindset, though. Because the eye is going to be different from the hand, yet they're going to be working together. Like, they're very different. You take one part work from over here... They look completely different on their own. But then, you can't really imagine them functioning without one another, really. Oh, okay. But, and like, I can see America in that same way, though. It's like different classes. You see, like, the rich aristocracy. They're completely different from the poppers below. But, they need one another. They're both going to be American because that's how America's ran. Because you need the rich people to own the factories for the poppers and the proletariats to work at. And just you need like all the different sects of America, even though as different as they are working together for that idea of America to work. And naturally, you always have that rich and the poor. You can never get away from that. And over time, it's always gonna the gap is always gonna increase naturally. Yeah. So, 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 what what is your point in saying that? Well, I'm just saying that like I don't like as I was trying to explain at the very beginning or understand at the very beginning because it's like you're going to have diversity everywhere, but then you're going to be unified to other aspects. Like, oh. you're going to be unified working as one, just like you're talking about how diversity and unity, diversity is unity, though different. Oh. How are you saying there's okay. that kind of thing everywhere? Though. I, I would say you're, 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 to say that America is unified isn't true, because I was saying, I guess I was, to, to define unity. Um, America is surviving together. We are not living together. One could argue the same thing with the Christian church. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, w- and I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would say that the, the Christian church, yes, the Christian church is surviving together. We are not living together. We are, the, the, the church is not unified. Mm-hmm. The church is not in the... Uh, we're not reflective of God. We're not, we're not being in His image right now. There's diversity... There's not unity. There's not Wait, unity. You said you can't have diversity with that. Early no, I, I said it seems paradoxical. It's not. That's why I wouldn't... Um, and that's what every... My point is that everybody's searching for it. Everybody. Um, well, certainly on this campus. This very notion of diversity, differences, and yet unity. People don't realize that that's, in essence, a ridiculous notion. It's a ridiculous notion because how can what makes what makes different things one? It's easy to see why if they're the same, okay, then they are one. But how can things be inherently different and yet one? That doesn't. That and doesn't, why should we care about that even being like that? 
and where do you and yes and, and where do you fall what where do you fall within that what does that look like the answer is that it only makes sense in terms of God the very notion of diversity and unity only makes sense in terms of God it's a very counterintuitive notion not really because the way I think a lot of Americans view diversity and people all of them are quite you diversity and unity is just this happy little thing that sounds great when you say it but you don't really know what it means so well that's still counterintuitive you don't understand it mm-hmm. well people attempt to understand it so it's intuitive okay. it's intuitive okay. for them because they don't break down you know what I'm saying they don't understand what they're saying right Okay, so you're saying unity and diversity are two different things, but they only work together when you have God in the situation. Is that what you're saying? Right. But when people commonly say, oh, let's have diversity, what's implicit is that it's possible to have unity. Specifically, you're doing more than tolerating the existence of people who are different in some way, which is what people do teach. People teach tolerance, not acceptance. Because acceptance is... Fundamentally different than tolerance. Nobody says in what level of acceptance? So acceptance is you are. You look different from me or you act different from me? Which one are we? Are you asking me to define what acceptance Like What I mean by acceptance? Like what are we accepting? That you look different from me or you act different from me? Both. Both. Okay. Everything is different. Tolerance is like I can sit in the same room with you guys and not feel like I need to leave I guess and just being like hi you know but acceptance is like let me hear you out you know and learn and yeah appreciate right value I think on both ends too though can you you can still disagree though right no. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah. I mean on certain yeah. things you can you can disagree but like intellectually you can't be tolerant that's impossible like, if you say something contradictory from something I believe, I have to disagree with you. I can't accept what you just said, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, accept- philosophically, yeah. Yeah, but accepting is just more hearing them out. Like, we're using those terms. It's not like, I'm going to take everything Jerome says and accept it as my personal belief. It's, I'm going to accept it as Jerome's personal belief. And sure, it might change how I think, and hopefully it does, if you really like hearing the other person out. Same time, it doesn't mean I'm just going to blindly take all the characteristics of Jerome to myself. I'm not going to morph into them, you know. And you're going to value their their, their thought process, even though you disagree in some Uh, aspect of it. You value the fact that they've taken time to think about it, that they are not apathetic towards what they're talking about. Yeah, I don't know if that's always possible. Like, I absolutely hate relativism. You know, I I would give the person, you know, the time of day, but in the end of the day, I'm going to say they're talking nonsense. They are talking about it, but I'm saying you can you can value the fact that they've taken the time to think it through, though they've come. I don't. Think I can do okay, that. okay. Well, that's kind of a hard example because. Well, no, it's not because well, if you're what? accepting what they have to say, they in acceptance a lot of it has to be mutual. I would say they should accept what you have to say, and even if someone's relativistic. As much as I disagree with many things they have to say, if they bring up a legitimate point, it's going to be think about what I think some more. And that's good. But at the same time, they'll probably think about what I'm thinking more, too. So it's going to go both ways. And you can hate relativism, but it doesn't mean you, you, you can be like, you don't have... 
So you can hate relativism, but it doesn't mean that it's okay to not accept someone who's relativist. It's not okay for someone, let's say someone walks in a relativist, and I'm like, you gotta go, you know? That's, that's not okay. That's not accepting them. Letting them sit here would be tolerating them, listening to them, hearing them out, even while respectfully disagreeing, would be accepting them. Do you see what okay, I but that kind of brings up the point of why is it difficult? Here's why. Here's a problem. There's a, there's a problem, I think. People don't know how to accept. Because people do think even differently. They think differently. People don't know how to accept others. See, here's the thing. Everybody, in order for there to be unity within the diversity, there must be some sort of fundamental truth that all people within their diversity agree on from which they can conclude that they must value and accept of everyone else. What? Particularly value. So, if in order to have unity, oneness, within diversity in order to have that you need the participation and cooperation of everyone which means yes you need something that holds them together which means you need some sort of fundamental truth from which you can have everybody conclude even though we're all different you need everybody to still conclude that you need to value the diversity that's all around you. I don't know if I understand that. You have to make the argument to everybody who are inherently different culturally and, and also philosophically coming from a different perspective. You have to give them one truth that everybody must agree on. You have to provide, if you're going to tell everybody you should value everyone else, you have to give a reason why. You can't just arbitrarily say you should value people. You have to give a solid reason. You need a fundamental truth that everybody can agree upon. Or that everybody can come to. Right, so when you say one truth, you're talking in respect to valuing diversity or just any truth? One truth from which you can logically reason out that you, you must value diversity. You should value diversity. Okay. I think a lot of it, and the truth that a lot of people go to is well humans are moralistically value each other and then I challenge that by saying let's open a history textbook and then we'll talk about you know humans valuing each other but <laughs> whoo, but um, I think a lot of stuff Jerome was saying maybe because Chris I know you're kind of like this definition is maybe we can take a little more of the stuff we just talked about about acceptance and stuff and put it into our definition of diversity or do we want to leave you know, I, I'm telling you, a lot of things we just came up with might help clarify our definition of diversity, unless we still want to keep it as open as we have it. I just think his definition is too precise for me to understand. And then I need more elaboration on what, what he means by that. Maybe examples or... The very notion of having both diversity and unity requires lots of elaboration. Okay. I'm, I'm saying it, it does. I, I, so are we it's a loaded statement to say that people should value diversity. It, it's not. It's thrown around uh, very flippantly. But if you unpack the consequences of that and, and, and have a logical reason why 
it might be true, that requires a whole lot of reasoning and thinking. No, no I don't think anybody really does that. So like I think I know what you're saying, but it's like usually when I give an example, it's wrong. But like I'm thinking, like with what you're saying, it's kind of like Democrats and Republicans, fundamentally different. But you have to have that diversity because if you just had one or the other, like nothing would get done or something horrible would be done. You know, it would be fascist on both ends if just one party was ruling. Mm-hmm. So you need that diversity to kind of get things moving and actually unify the country and actually make everything work. I don't know what it is. Well, that, yeah. well, I know you're a poli-sci major, but you think politics isn't probably well, the best thing. But the different like, systems and different, like, different diverse of Christianity, you can't, if you just have the white church, is the European church going to be very good if we don't value other people's opinions? Are we actually going to be able to get done? We need to actually like listen to other Christians' opinions, like other Christian churches, just to actually make sure we're doing things right because we have to merge our ideas together. But understand why we have that diversity in politics. That is the notion of that is a is one of checks and balances. Mm-hmm. That's why we have a multi-party system. Yeah. Okay. They're not in unity at all. I mean, on certain things, yes, but in, in, on the whole, they are not in unity. They are at odds. They're always going against each other. Okay? The reason why that, that, that the notion that, that benefits the, the American people is because it's a system of checks and balances. We don't trust anyone in particular, or any group in particular, have these two people go at it incessantly, and hopefully, between all that fighting and bickering and hopefully leaning towards the will of people, which hopefully is correct, we'll get a government that can actually work and does what the people want it to do. The notion of the diversity in that particular context of that particular example is one of negativity. It is motivated by something negative. We don't trust any one group of people to make the right decision consistently. You need a system of checks and balances. Well, I'm just thinking the same thing with the church, though, like the body of Christ. You can't just have one part working overload you have to have everything working okay so I'm just thinking but it's together like even political systems though it's just like parties okay. they all have that great idea of what's the best for America mm-hmm. that's both parties you know they may have different ideas of how to get there they both have that overlying overlying idea of what is best for okay. so I'm thinking like church okay. is the same thing it's like the European church may have their own idea of what's best for Christianity well, other churches and other cultures may think we have another idea of what's best for Christianity. That, that's so. good, but remember, that the, the political example, you, you have competition. They're vying for the same power. Well, the church, we're not vying for the same power. We are all part of the same body. And it's not so... There is true, different cultures. The church is everywhere. But the different cultures within the church bring different things to the church mm-hmm. to be to bless the rest of the church. It's not like you said; not one particular body of uh, the church is going to do everything. But the, the mindset certainly isn't competition of this portion of the church has it right, and their idea needs to be implemented throughout the body. It is coming together, working together to come up with what. Christ would have us to do. I think that's what it's supposed to look like, but I think often 
the church can resemble politics. There's a lot of politics within the church. Of, well, this is how we're going to do it, and I'm higher up, so this is how it's going to happen. And there's a lot of that. T- I think you know a lot of this. Is, you know, the example of politics can be in the church. I'm not saying it should be. I'm not saying that's God's model for the church. I'm just saying that that you know might be more related to politics than we think. Well, I'm saying we can safely conclude though that that's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm saying is that we we're not we're just different members of the body, but we're not unified. We're not acting as a body because what does a body do? It does something. It may run. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you run, you're using every part of your body. Okay, I ran track. You need to have good arm movement. You would think that's all about the legs, having good, strong, fast, quick legs. Arm movement. You have to have a strong core if you want speed. Your feet have to be right so you can run. You have to coordinate. You have your brain. You have to know where you're going. Stay in the lane. You have to hear the the gunfire. You have to have ears. Etc. Etc. See, the the church is supposed to be doing something. In essence, the church is not doing what we ought to do because we're not even unified. What we have is like, it's like if we're supposed to be running in one direction, we have like an arm pulling the rest of the body because we're not in unison. We are not acting together. We're if every part of the body is not working. That is why the church is ineffective. Certainly one of the reasons why the church is ineffective. Everyone has their own idea of what God wants. so. <laughs> and it's, that's not what it's about. It's about what God wants. And well, yeah, that's what I'm saying about everyone. Right, but how are we supposed to... But then how should that go? We should be coming together. Okay. See, I think... Are we saying that... We can't have one with the other, though. What? Like unity and diversity, we have to have both, right? I mean, you can't have one imperfection without the other, if you will. I don't know. You always have diversity. What we lack is unity. It really depends how you want to define diversity, because we can throw diversity as a bunch of people that are different in the same room, you know? I would say so, Jerome's arguing that there's more to it, especially in the biblical sense, right? I would say at this point, the church is growingly diverse and, and is diverse. The church. What we lack is unity. We don't have, we don't show unity. And what this, the world is looking for, especially as we become more and more of a global world, where we have to address different people, we're looking for what is the way to have unity and diversity. So maybe our definition, we shouldn't even be, like, maybe our definition is almost too good for the word, because I don't think diversity necessarily, like, maybe it can have a good connotation because it's PC for diversity to be good, but really, I mean, I'm semi-serious, I guess, now I think about it, about the, the definition itself is a bunch of people are different in the same room. Unity is not that, and that's more I think we've been talking about as a definition of unity and not necessarily diversity. Because even when you've been using the word diversity, not so much as we have it now. In, this, in the context of this discussion, we've been using it as people who are different together in some way, not unified, just physically together. 
So maybe we need to change our definition so it fits what we've, how we've actually been using it as we're talking more about unity. But I think when, when people from a, a worldly perspective talk about it, it is implicit. Okay. They have, I, I would say they have no idea how to achieve it. So maybe the way the world kind of sees it without really thinking about it is unity among people of different cultural backgrounds, but the way it really is is people of different cultural backgrounds somehow together. Yeah, I, uh, yeah that, that, I think that's a fair The definition is people that are different somehow together. Is that what you said? Yeah, together okay. but not unified, maybe. That's so shallow and yet accurate. But that's okay. And usage. Cheapening the definition might be what we need, though. You know what I'm saying? And that is why I don't believe there is a solid secular foundation for value diversity. Oh, no. There's no way to... Is that a really good about I don't know. I think they could muster up something that sounds reasonable, though. I don't, I don't think, like, everybody... Everybody would be like the secular community wouldn't be unified on that definite like argument though. I don't know. They could okay, you're right. They could muster out something, but it would be crap. Like okay, so over over yeah, my no. year, really throwing my stats there. I'm like, all right, because he was like, I want to talk to a secular person about these ideas. I'm like, I'll pretend to do that, right? And we were having this conversation, and he would put a hold in my logic, and I knew they were there. So every time I said something, I was like, well, like that's just so wrong. Like I just knew, but at the same time in the role play, like. Everything I muster up is so PC. Like, well, I think it's good to have friends with different backgrounds because humans are supposed to do that. Like all this logic they're going to come up with. You're right; they will. That's the whole thing you put in it. Logic. Okay, let me put quotes around. But like, the idea is that will be logical in their mind. You can poke holes in real quick when it's from a secular standpoint, relativistic sort of standpoint. So you're right; they'll come up with something. But have talked to Jerome and. <laughs> and that's that's um. We're getting into, I'm really glad that the conversation went where it did because we're getting into what I wanted to talk about. Well, it was going to be what I am doing, I suppose, personally in response to the biblical mandate of um, valuing diversity. And that is to get the RAs to put on a program to look at what are the foundations of valuing diversity. You hear all the time on campus, I have never heard it explained why. Why should anyone value diversity? Well, I think a lot of secular people sort of live on the rule, um, you know, the golden rule that we have. And actually many religions have, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so you want to be treated well, so that's why you should treat other people well. Okay. I think that's what would be a, like an argument many of them would give, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't want them to discriminate you because of your differences, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't discriminate them. Well, so what's that? What's at the heart? What's the motivation for following the golden rule according to what you just said? Peace through understanding. Pardon? Peace through understanding. Well, I mean, they're well, trying to benefit themselves. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah, but they're they're not going to think that's wrong. Though. I wouldn't say that. If you, if, yes, if you have uh, an argument that's inherently selfish... I would definitely say they would not think that's wrong. Mm, not always. 
Because if you have an argument that's inherently selfish, most people aren't going to be completely comfortable in saying that this is a moral pursuit, pers- a moral pursuit because it's inherently selfish. Most, most people don't really make that argument. And the ones that do want to and, and, evolution. And the, and the well, motivation is, is, in my opinion, fear. You don't, you don't disrespect, you know, I, you, I don't persecute you so that you don't persecute me. That is, a mo- that is a motivating factor. It's not that you actually have love and respect for them and appreciation for them. The motivation is that I don't want you to discriminate, persecute against me. So I'll do you the favor and not, and not do that to you. There is a negative connotation, not a positive one. Is that the way we want to look at people? Because I personally like if I'm going to entertain the notion that I'm a secular person, that I don't care about God, I can... I can totally feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. With what? With the selfish idea that I'm just trying to take care of myself. So oh, yeah, you can do that, but you're completely ineffective in getting others to accept the value of diversity. So, you see, if you have a program saying, what are the uh, foundations of, of value diversity, the people who are going to come are the people who care about diversity. Right. These programs you end up usually preaching to the choir, which means you'll have some people who have different foundations other than the Bible and value diversity. I don't think such a solid foundation other than the Bible, other than God really, exists for value diversity. That is my hypothesis. I have not heard any good argument in defense. See, essentially, I think any Christian can and should agree with you I mean because you can't really have perfection without God I mean I mean, we can't do perfection but we know for a fact like any sort of real unity can't exist but like I said before they can still muster up some argument that may not that we can see holes in but they can never see holes in or I mean at least uh, I mean I guess some people might see the holes through it I'm not I don't want to be totally I think the best argument I've heard is really one rooted in, in, in the self, selfishness. And, the, and the, the, the foundation of it really is that you're a selfish person. If you were truly selfish, you would value diversity. It sounds very counterintuitive. But if you look at their logic, they can, they can show that. If you're really a selfish person, if you truly are selfish, then you're going to look out for yourself. And if you're looking out for yourself, you're going to, in essence, value diversity. Why? Is it because it benefits them? It honors them? No. It's because it's going to help you out in the long run. Can they put that around by Christianity as well, though? No. They couldn't? No. They could say the same thing. Look at Jesus' teachings. Do another as you would have your, do them do to you. So that's going to be self-interest motivated. No. And you want people to treat you well. Oh, I'm, I want to go to heaven in the end. So I better do what God says because I'm afraid of God. Yeah. So therefore, in the long run, I will be going to Why? heaven. What's your motivation for following Christ? I believe it's the correct way. I mean, it's just like three but, people. But I believe that's how theologically. What is the motivation for following Christ? We're trying to bring glory to God. You know, Why do you care about bringing glory to God? Selfish reasons. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, I in mean, one sense, yeah. Theologically. I'm not talking about. I know in practice some people have that market. Theologically, what is motivates people to obey God? 
No, not that. That's not. No, theologically speaking. I don't know speaking. what answer you're looking for. But I mean, the Bible, that's what most people seem to do. Is that's most people. Of, but that's God. It's like in the Bible, uh-huh. what people are following God because they're scared of what He has the power to do. Like what? What? What, what is? What does God want from us? I can say like you know John four nineteen. First John four nineteen. I, I don't remember which one it is, but it says you know we love because God loved us first. We're just. Like we're not capable of doing anything altruistic without God, you know. Okay, that's true. But what is our motivation for obeying God? I think you're. you're yeah, but in, initially it's selfish. That's what I. I mean, I would say so. Like, how's it selfish? We come to God because we want something, you know. We want forgiveness. We Be, want I mean, because like, because if we're we're not we're not a Christian and we're coming to Christianity, we don't have God. Thus, we can't be altruistic. We're coming because we're selfish, you know. But uh, but, it, well, but but that's uh, different from what whatever question you're asking, I, and, I, and I'm saying I don't know what you're looking for. I, the reason why you follow God is because you love Him. If you love me, you keep His commandments. Not if you are afraid of going to hell. If you love, yeah, me, but why do we love you him? Keep His commandments. Why do we love God? Because God made us to love. Remember, we are in His image. We have, we reflect of His character. God has this interesting characteristic called love. We have the ability to love because we are in His image. Love is not rational. Uh, love I would disagree with you. Love, by, if you, the, the the notion of love, to care for one another um, unconditionally, to care for another one without expecting anything in return. True love is inherently irrational. Yeah, I would by totally, definition, by I definition, would totally disagree with you on that. Okay, Because well, God, by definition, I think, I would say, is rational. And God is love. Thus, love is rational. I think you're confusing human love with God love. Because, like, yeah, okay, the selfish thing would be often rational to do. But I would say, you know, keep your treasures in heaven. We are still getting something out of it, you know. I'd say loving is very rational in the godly sense of it. Well, I, I would question that. But what I'm saying is the motivation to obey is love. See, when, when you, what, what you're doing is when you hear about Christ's sacrifice for you, that is an act of love. As human beings, we have the capacity to love. When we, when we choose to obey God, you are responding in love. Mm-hmm. God is the initiator, but you are responding in love. Why would you respond in love? Because you are made to do that. We are made to love God. Oh, it is the Holy Spirit that allows you to have godly love. You can't have that on That's own. true, but the, the desire to even ask God for more love when you fall short is in love. You were responding to love. Christianity, you have to think relationship. I understand sometimes it gets really hairy with, with theology, but if you understand relationship, that gives great intuition to understand a lot of doctrine and theology. It's relationship. If you think about it, I thought, people always say Christianity is about a relationship, but what do we tell them? You should, when you come to Christ, you should what? Accept them as your Lord and Savior. Does that does that sound like a love relationship? 
No, on the surface. But what does that mean? You're accepting him as your Lord and your Savior. When you accept him as Savior, you're acknowledging what was done on the cross for you. You're acknowledging the greatest act of love God has ever done towards humanity, that God's ever done towards you. But you're also accepting him as your Lord, which means you're going to obey him. Why would you obey him? Because you love him. The very note, when we go around keep, and keep telling people, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, personal Lord, Savior, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord, Savior, we're telling them to acknowledge God's love for you and love God back. You're telling them the, the practical way in which we're not leaving it ambiguous. We're not telling people to love God and let Him love you. We're saying acknowledge the love that God has for you and love Him back. Enter into relationship with God. Accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. We are going around telling people to enter into a loving relationship with God. The motivation is love. The people who follow God for, out of fear, they just don't understand the, the relationship. They don't know God that well. They need, to get, they need to get to know God better. But they enter into a love relationship. The only reason why you obey is because you love. Think about it. We're, Christianity is a terrible religion. We teach that all you have to do to get off the hook is accept grace. That's ridiculous. That is not a comforting religion. You're not bailing yourself out. Every other faith says that You've messed up. Here's how you do X, Y, and Z. You're good to go. This teaching of Christ, of Jesus, comes along and says, you know what? You've messed up. Accept the gift of grace. If I accept the gift of grace, I know that I'm, go I'm right with God. I'm going to heaven. That's reality. That, that's supposed to be clear in the Bible. What on earth possesses a Christian to obey God? If they disobey, they're still going to heaven. What possesses people to obey God? It's love. The message of Christianity isn't a threat. There isn't you must do X, you must do works to get to heaven. It is you accept a gift. The motivation to keep obeying God after you initially accept that gift is out of love. Okay. I know I'm kind of saying a lot, but if I, I, I just challenge you to, to really think about that a lot. Christianity is a terrible religion, very ineffective, but it makes a wonderful relationship. It only makes sense in terms of relationship and how we love God. So I, I will argue, and I know, I know there are probably some loose ends that we could go into. But the motivation for the Christian is love, not self. Is it the same with Judaism, though? Not exactly. Well, because you love God, so that's why you obey his laws. But who's God? What? I would say, who's God? 
Jehovah. Who's Jehovah? I don't know. That's what that's what I would ask. Uh, in Judaism, we don't know God personally. You know, through the priest. Mm-hmm. Well, then, I don't know. Sort of. I don't know exactly. Personal relationship to another never actually in the Bible and stuff like that. Jesus says some weird things about relationships. <laughs> so. Well, like the words exactly personal relationship. And also, it's like, he says something like, no one can really know the Father except the Son, no one can know the Son except for those in which the Father reveals him to. Okay. Stuff like that. It's kind of like, that kind of contradict the idea of. No man. That, that requires understanding of the mystery of the Trinity. He's talking, he was talking about a relationship between addressing the Father and the Son. That is the relationship with the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So, so human beings, really that's something we're not going to fully understand. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So so like, can we truly know God then? Can we truly know God? I mean, we have like an image of God through Jesus, but we don't really truly Who's know God. Jesus? He's the Messiah. Who? Jesus is God. Well, you mean truly as exactly. in like we don't obviously completely know Him. Well, it's the same thing with Judaism though. But I mean, they have the idea of God the same as what they lacked is when God was revealed to Moses God like Moses spoke to God or yeah Moses spoke to God personally basically yeah, that Jesus is true. says so it's like that seems like that's pretty personal yeah, as well that's for Moses that's not for the masses the masses did not have the privilege of personally interacting with God I haven't even personal does not mean you you for instance, they couldn't even communicate with God. Who was the, who the go-between between God and the people? Priest. The priest. I would say communication is fundamental in a personal relationship. Obviously, if you need a middleman, it's not personal. You know? And in our case, the middleman is God, is God. So It's personal. Yeah, so yes, I mean it is different since God is different because we are still not in heaven yet. We can't actually see him face to face. It is still personal. That was not possible before Christ came. Well, that's what I'm doing. That is my response. To try to get this program on with the RAs. I just wonder if some people might say that they, you know, they love other people and that's why they do it and they'd still be secular. There are people like that. Um, If you can't justify it, then you're just doing something for no reason. What about, like, us saying that you value diversity because you value peace? That's kind of like... Why do you value peace? Why should you value peace? Because it's a lot better than death. (laughs) <laughs> okay so Still fear selfish. selfish selfish I hate to suffer and die I, don't know, it's like I would rather not see those children suffering at, at a war torn country mm-hmm. so it's like I would rather our troops not bomb Baghdad even though it's not going to affect me at all because I have a small town no worries here I don't have fear of you know doing anything but I value peace 
So I would rather America understand Middle Eastern culture, Arabic culture, Muslim culture, as opposed to not valuing it at all. And just your 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 conviction is rooted in your personal feelings. When you have the guy who's completely apathetic, their conviction is rooted in their feelings. What makes you right? What makes them wrong? You have to give a reason. It, that's good enough for you. You're the exception. You're not the rule. Most people don't feel that way. How are you going to convince them? How are you going to move them away? You must, at the very least, have some fundamental truth from which they can conclude that they should care. I feel like you're eventually just going to start pecking at people, you know? Yeah, because when stuff like that, then they can just say the same thing about God and atheism. It's like, you believe in God, that's your thing. I believe in my thing. How are you going to convince me? You can't, so that's fine. What's fine for you is it fine for me, so okay. There's postmodernism for you. Yeah. Well, postmodernism is, can be easily torn apart. <laughs> but you guys need to realize is the program is not set up so everyone will come and realize that the only way to value diversity is Christianity. If they right. get to that thought, great. But starting these conversations is really what needs to happen first. And it'd be cool if you feel to say, because you're right, they're going to have a lot of arguments exactly like that, what you guys have been saying. You're right, and that's what we're going to try. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be stubborn in their ideas, and they'll just keep going with it. And that's not something that we are here to fix. It's not our job to logically convince people about the biodiversity. Well, we can't fix anything. Exactly. And so having this program will open some doors for some great discussions. It's not going to solve any problems. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I can't say that. But it's not going to, like, fix our campus culture. But it's, it's, a, it's a start and it's doing something and it's responding in some way. You know what I mean? All, mm-hmm. if nothing else, we want to point them to Christ. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to prove anything on one big hit. It's impossible. We're just trying to point people to Christ. <laughs> one big hit. <laughs> you know, and it, and it, if nothing else, logically, if you want to tear apart somebody's argument, you start at their fundamental assumptions. Ours is that. But you can never really get to it, though, with some people. That's right. You can't get to it, but you will. Because in trying to, you will investigate. You will investigate. In order to prove we're wrong, you have to disprove either our God exists or we have to prove that his character is, is good it, it goes against the notion of diversity well doing that requires you to investigate the existence of our God and his character that is to seek God if people are seeking God they will find it that's all we need to do have people just point to Christ and have them seek Christ for themselves Sometimes, I mean, you know, like a mass. Sometimes when you try to disprove something a lot, you find out that's actually true. Sometimes. That's if it's in the, well, either you get stuck <laughs> or you find out that indeed it is true. And you stop trying to disprove it and you try to prove it. But you can't do with God, but God can reveal himself. should have like definitions for um, unity, tolerance, and acceptance as well. Somewhere in there. I don't know. For can it be using terms? I don't know. 
to an allegation of acceptance and tolerance, I always think of the church's different views on homosexuality. Well, it's like some churches accept homosexuality completely, nothing wrong with it, you know, love everybody. Other ones say we have to tolerate them, but we're still willing to kind of reject them and say you're sin. Other people, you know, they're just crazy and then kill everybody. <laughs> rejecting sin is not rejecting the person. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you're tolerating them. You're not, you're accepting, like, you're no, no, living no, no, no. in your life. Some people don't know the difference, though. You're, 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 you're not tolerating them. We are, as Christians, we only accept people. We don't tolerate anyone. You always accept people. You don't accept their sin. You can do that because sin is not an inherent. You are not inherently a sinful person. As in, made to be a sinful person. Like, that is part of who God made you to be. But the individual himself is not sin. Like, what he does is sin, not who he is. No. Right. What you, you always accept people across the board. You don't accept their sin. So I would say... In general, lot, in general, that's true. A lot of Christians don't know that, though. A lot of Christians don't do that. But that's a problem. We know that's a problem. I don't think people in general don't know how to separate the person from the sin. I'm not just talking about Christians even. Maybe you're not too. Mm-hmm. And even culture. There is something called cultural sin. People can't, people sometimes look at cultures in terms of cultural sin. Mm-hmm. And not the beauty of the culture and how it reflects God's good character. Like me? I struggle with that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what, 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 do, what are you guys, what are you guys compelled, are you convicted in any way to respond to the, the biblical mandate of valuing diversity? Well, I've been since freshman year, but that doesn't mean that I know how. It doesn't mean that I... I have specific ways that says when I, I've been like, I need to respond in some way. It's always been so. No one's ever really given me anything clear to do, and so I, I don't know. I, I think that's okay. Um, I've. Um, it's okay in the sense that at least I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know if it's okay that I don't feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing. I think. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to do, and I don't know if anything. I get, I get frustrated with this sort of thing because I feel like anything I try is not effective. It's not doing anything. Like, nothing is happening. Like, I, I, you know, I'm okay. This year, I'm, I'm going to a black church. I'm involved in black student union. Leading it, I've been doing other stuff. It doesn't, it's not, I don't know if it's really a correct response because I don't see anything coming from it besides me getting more frustrated. Um, I think I've learned a lot about personal sin, systemic sin, System. The way I view, that's like bigger picture, holistic sense. System? Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I've done all these these things, and it's just causing more frustration, which might be God using that, but other than that, I don't, I don't know where to go from it. And I'm 
I'll be the first to admit I'm lost on, on how to start with this. So. You, I think you've brought this up at the beginning when we started this. Do other Christians know what we've discussed right now? Like, do other Christians know why it, what the biblical reason for valuing diversity is? And, and so, like, I don't know, is it like university know what we know? Or, well, I mean, I know you're making podcasts and making that available. So that's a good start. So, so it sounds like you have the conviction to be a part of that? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I uh, talked to, um, I was interviewed by uh, Lou Erickson. He's um, our band staff. Lou, Lou uh, staff. He um, said that he's going to be talking to um, Madeline, who's in charge of playing Winter Retreat, and we may be going to see about talking about this issue head on at Winter Retreat. Certainly playing a bit for cup, but talking about this issue head on because this issue isn't it's not not it's not unaddressed but I don't in my opinion I don't think we hit it head on and yes certainly the the average Ivy person does not know that there is a biblical mandate for value diversity that that needs to be taught sometime explicitly I don't need to talk with that as what does it mean to value diversity. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so okay. I'm not saying we need to come up with that now. I'm saying that in order to do that we need to define. Mm-hmm. I really I mean it's kinda of like the same language like value diversity. Like yeah, it's like I know why it's good, but how do I go about doing that? Does that mean, I mean, it's like, I'm going to treat everyone the same. It's like I'm going to, like, be friendly with every single person. I'm not going to, like, treat one person differently than another. But does that mean, by that university, I should treat people that are differently than me better than everyone else? And, I mean, like, going to black church and being involved in black student is that what it means about university? Or is it just mean kind of gaining more knowledge on it? Or, what is, I don't see, it's just kind of like, I don't know what exactly I should be doing with that. I think with Harbaugh too, and I'm with you, is that a big part of valuing unity, I'm using unity because I think it's the term we were talking about earlier, the context of it. I think a big part of valuing unity goes way beyond individual. And as individuals, we can educate those who don't understand anything. Like you were saying, hey, do a lot of Christians even know this? But I feel like we need people to come together. And so... While I personally feel like I'm doing nothing, educating myself is a good start. You know, educating yourself is a good start, and I think we're all saying that. Educating others is a good start, but what we really need is Christians to get it and to come together. We really need Jesus to come and just fix everything, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying. And so I think it's okay if we're struggling with what am I going to do myself because... It, it's tempting and it's tempting in my mind to think how can I fix this problem because it's not about how Beth Rana can fix this problem because I can tell you she's not going to but 
you know, how could Veterinary be part of a bigger network to delve deeper into these issues? I think that we're starting out by coming here tonight. That's, that's a step. That's doing something. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just like, what do you, I still, I still begs me still. It's like, I don't know. Like, by university still, it's so kind of still, I have no idea what that means still. Other than, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, like, I agree that, like, we need to learn more about other cultures and learn about, like, the different bodies. Like, why is this Southeastern Asian church different from the American church? It's like, what are they bringing that we aren't bringing? Like, what are they doing, right? Like, what do they need help with? What do we need help with? It's like, we need to look at it from all different sides. But, it's like, what am I actually doing to value diversity? It's kind of like, I don't know. Good question. We need to get people educated, as Chris said, about this. And the least we can do is that humbly admit we don't know what we're doing. And we need to ask Christ for that wisdom. So I think what needs to happen is we need to educate people clear up those definitions and then present it before at the very least our chapter and get people to consistently pray specifically on this issue get people together once a, once a week and pray specifically on this issue and we'll wait until we get that wisdom and intentionally seek out other believers of other cultural backgrounds because maybe it's not some secret that God's hiding from us maybe it already exists within the body of Christ and we just don't know it because we're not interacting with them we don't know who they are mm-hmm. we're not learning about them we're trying to generate it ourselves or maybe already done it may exist within, it may exist within another culture Maybe it'll stop this one retreat. So, I think people who who gone to cup need to be told to tell others. Because there are people who went to cup and I, I didn't even know which may be my fault, but I think they need to be intentional about telling people about it and why it was good. Like, I'm talking like a, a systematic thing. The staff will make sure that they follow up with those individuals specifically and ask them to be intentional and tell more people. Are they just getting more people to go? Certainly. That kind of thing, too. But after they go, they can't keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. That kind of defeats the purpose. It needs to be shared liberally. See, here's the thing. And here's, here's why it, it has to be so clear why 
why you should value diversity. Because this is an uphill battle. It is difficult. And likely to the day we die, we will, we will not, we may not even see halfway there. That's reality. There's a lot of brokenness within the church. Much less the world. And if you're going to get on this this battle that's uphill, you need to have motivation. And if you have motivation, you better have rock solid reasoning and a foundation that will keep you going. Otherwise, people are just going to throw in the towel quick. Now, that's a, that's a blessing that you know that, that you, you keep going, even though you literally don't know where to go. But you are you are being intentional and keeping keeping at it. There must be some sort of solid foundation that keeps you going, even though you don't even have a vision as to what it should be yet. How it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to work out. So, well, I think it's time to um, talk about what we should discuss for next time. What, what do you all think of this as a natural next step, a good next step? Bearing in mind, we are being specific. This, 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 these dialogues are about addressing racial issues. That is one type of diversity. There are others, but we are being specific. We're not, we're not making this a general issue. The reason why we we have to justify though the very notion of valuing diversity and seeking unity within that, in order to know that we actually should care about racial diversity and racial issues that go on. So, what is what is what do you all feel is the next step <laughs> in in the discussion? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if this would be a next step. I'm just saying eventually it might be interesting too. I know this is a great thing with your program, but maybe before the program, have non-Christians come and talk about it. I don't know if that's the next step, but I'm just saying. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Is this next meeting going to be before or after winter retreat? Winter retreat is in two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's before we could discuss are there things we want to be intentionally talking about at winter retreat? Are there things that we still need to work on personally discovering? If you're saying the stuff's going to come up at winter retreat, then what are we going to talk about to prepare ourselves to have conversations about this? You know, if it's after, then I, I don't. You know, it might depend on what happens there. So that would be wise to talk about actual plan mm-hmm. of how we're going to push this forward, especially if it's going to be talked about in the retreat. Um, two weeks is a good time. It's usually about the span that we normally have. 
and it would, we can have it on Thursday. We're not having a large group before we retreat. So that Thursday evening will be free. So I'm thinking, obviously, we're going to retreat next Friday. So why don't we do it on Thursday? But like Thursday, 7 to 9, still be okay? So what are we going to talk about then? We're going to talk about exactly how we are going to do, especially if there's a, a, a general presentation on the issue of the value of diversity. We need to be individuals sparking up those conversations. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but usually we say this in, in the in the context of reaching out to non-Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. After you have a general evangelistic thing, you're supposed to be the ones to kind of still spark the conversation. Well, we need to be the ones who intentionally spark up conversations about the value of multi, of, of, of diversity. And we need to talk about exactly how we're going to say it, how we're going to bring these arguments forward. I think also another thing we would have to talk about and I think we, we have a pretty safe space here, and I feel like we've been able to talk to each other frankly, bluntly, and honestly. And while people need that, some people feel devalued by that, and I think some people might feel attacked by that. And how are we going to approach the issue in a Christ-like way, in a, in a truthful, honest but way, but in a way where they won't perceive it as like this is an attack or I feel like uncomfortable around this person? Cause I think, I think we would fall into that, especially because most of us are pretty blunt. And I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just saying we have to keep in mind. There's new people who's, like me, I'm a stronger feeler, and so I'm, I'm, you know, how someone says something to me is very important, almost as much as what they're saying. So I don't know if that would be something that's important, but in my mind it is. And then if, if they feel like it's a safe space, they can respond, otherwise they might shut down, and that's another fear I have. So when you worry about tact. Or keeping it safe. Or not, you know, I don't, I don't want to say safe in drowning. With, I, don't want, I don't think we should reform any of the message. The message I think, I'm going to talk, talk about this. Or the way we say it. How are we going to say it? How are we going to keep it safe for people, especially if they're strong feelers, where they're really like, get invested in how the other person is communicating things. Wait, does that sound good? I'd like to talk a little about how how one values diversity. Mm-hmm. How we know about that. It's a solid definition of what that's supposed to be. Yeah. I think that's an important question to answer before we want to enter into these conversations anyway, because, you know, you're going to bring this up and we're going to be like, well, how do you do that? And so after me and I'd be like, well, you know, so that's, that's good because that's going to be a practical application thing people will be asking. So, so you and I program that. Shameless plug for Could we be a bit more concrete about our biblical value of diversity? Like, like the actual scripture? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
there is a lot of books. I only kind of cite one. Well, we only kind of cite one in the discussion, too. But, yeah. Almost like a survey yeah. of what it says. Yeah, that would be helpful. Okay, I may ask you all to help you with this. Don't expect me. Don't expect me to do this on my own. I mean, there are different little chunks that need to be done. I may, I may be calling on you all to uh, talk with a staff worker, maybe, or just do some research um, just to find precisely where these things are stated or to explain something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Any loose ends? Well, tons of loose ends, but okay. apparently yeah. it's all of the You know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for coming. Uh, what, 7 to 9 Thursday? Is that reasonable? Is yeah. Just remind me beforehand. Don't forget. Should be. Maybe. Okay. Um, okay, 7 to 9, the Thursday before winter retreat. Who knows? Maybe we can have a bigger turnout. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, yeah, don't don't be shy. Tell other people about if you if you obviously you all get something out of these discussions. Otherwise, you want to come. Tell other people. Hopefully, get them uh, interested and, and get a desire to discuss these things further. So, thank you all for coming. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.